Yes, what is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another brand new Rugby Muscle Podcast. I'm your host, as always, TJ. And today we are doing, once again, the Facebook Q&A on the Rugby Muscle Athletes Facebook group. I have received a good amount of questions, actually, today. So I'm going to use up the full hour. I do apologize for being late. Um, My eCam, which is the the, uh, software that I use to broadcast these, was playing up. I was actually logged out because I'm I'm finally back on my original MacBook, <clears throat> but I couldn't remember. Well, I couldn't I? I remembered the password. I thought I remembered the password, but it turns out I got the email wrong. And then I couldn't remember the password as I tried to, tried to type it in. It's one of those things where I know why I mess it up. It's because it uh, it makes you require the dip, all the numbers and all the letters and all the capitals and a symbol. And and if you don't do that, then you get logged out. So and, and I can't use my software that I use. So all that is to say, sorry for being late, but we will use as much time as necessary to answer all of your questions today. Um, but before I get into that, I do want to give a shout out because we got a review in, and the first one of twenty twenty one, which means we have someone who has won a free. Uh, you can either win the first two weeks of Team Rugby Muscle when it relaunches for free. Or you can have a free consult. I don't mind a consult whatsoever. Uh, Just shoot me a message at CJ underscore rugby to claim that prize. And that is going to, once I've pulled up the review, uh, T2020 T10. No idea what that is a reference to, but he says, excellent information. Really got into the Rugby Muscle Podcast. Beneficial for rugby specific but also gives great tips and advice for those players not playing rugby for health, fitness, mindset, development. Awesome review. Thank you so much, T20, T2020-10. I'm going to keep trying to say that name. Um, yeah, that's the idea. That's what I'm trying to do. And I think it's something that, you know, the more I do these lives, the more people that pay attention to the Rugby Muscle Podcast sort of understand that as much as I preach about, you know, what you need for rugby and that you are a rugby athlete first and foremost, the training like isn't just always going to be nothing but rugby specific. You actually have to do, you know, you have to be a better human to then use that to become a better player. I think I'm going to be messing up messing around with my hair or um, podcast, but for now we'll keep pursuing and we will get into the questions. But before that, as usual, I do have to give my, um, my, Stupid shit I did in the pursuit of gains for this week. Um, I'll go with this week. I'll go with, because I haven't got too many questions, I don't think on diet. I'll talk about diet. So I uh, did the paleo diet for about a year and a half or so. Um, I was convinced that bread was going to kill you. I was convinced that, uh, you know, grains uh, are evil, that you should just have maybe rice, but mostly just potatoes. I don't know why. It just seemed so appealing at the time. And, um, you know, I still ended up not being able to lose weight because I just ate a shit ton of coconut oil, which, I mean, if I was a caveman, a white caveman, where would I have access to coconut oil? It doesn't make any sense. Uh, but, yeah, I did that, and I thought I was going to get uh, huge as a result. I didn't get – well, I didn't lose any weight. I didn't get shredded. I just struggled to, um, you know, actually make any progress in my diet because I didn't have it quantified. So – I had no idea what I was doing, and that is today's stupid shit in the pursuit of gains. Let's get into the question, shall we? So, first and foremost, Simon Dixon. He's re-clarified his question from last week. He's six foot six, 96 kilogram lock. Good at speed, fitness, and athleticism and jumping in the line out. I'd like to be a more powerful scrummager and better lifter in the line out. What kind of training program should I focus on? In lockdown in London, so it looks like no games anytime soon. So lots of time to home gym. Got barbells, dumbbells, kettlebells, etc. Uh, bench, squat rack. Dude, awesome. That's like, first and foremost, congratulations for having a home gym in lockdown. You are going to be able to make like really good progress. And, um, you know, you should, you should, this should be a time where you really capitalize on it. So good on you for um, having that access to that. Good on you for asking this question because it's something that I would have answered differently if I didn't know you had a, had a home gym. Um, age does sort of play a factor into this, so I would 
I did ask, hope, hoping to see if I can get Simon's age, but we haven't got that. But So it doesn't really matter too much. What we want to understand is, <clears throat> first and foremost, Simon is the guy who asked the kettlebell question last week about how uh, what sort of things we can use for kettlebells to make him a better player. And uh, if you've got access to barbells and dumbbells, the kettlebells can be, again, another tool in that that maybe for like bent over rows or something. You could do single arm bump uh, uh, kettlebell rows. That, that could work. I'm trying to think of any other things that I would use it for. Probably nothing. Um because it's you know they're only sixteen kilos and twenty four kilos, so yeah. So I'm going to just refer back to last week for the kettlebell part of that, uh, or the other question that you asked last week. Um, in terms of being a better scrummage in second row, being a you know, more powerful scrummager, it's more. It's, I'd say for, as a second row, it's more one of one of the biggest things about being a second row is weight, because you're just literally a, a, you want to be a big block of mass supporting your prop yes you want to be strong and you want to be exerting force but you you do need a certain amount of just thickness a certain amount of weight that is right behind the props ass just holding them steady you know and yes that that weight needs to be backed up by a good strong lower body and core force pushing forward but if you're 96 kilograms and six foot six i'd say that you know Gaining weight would be my priority for you if if you really want to be better at um, uh, scrummaging and lifting in the liner. I think if you refer to the rugby physical preparation pyramid on on YouTube, <clears throat> what you'll see is um, the the size will support everything else. So you know you, you're already quite athletic. So as long as you maintain that athleticism with a certain amount of jumps or a certain amount of conditioning each week. You'll go, like the size you put on is it's not like you're gonna put on 10 kilos in three months and not be able to handle that you're gonna put on if you put on size slowly but surely whilst also maintaining your level of conditioning you're going to be able to keep your athleticism or if worst case scenario get it back within two or three weeks of like more athletic training but this focus for you needs to be on size um, th- that's really it and, and there are so many different ways you can really go about doing that but i think that that would be have to be the main priority for six foot six and you're 96 kilograms like i, I don't want to say you're a beanpole dude but that's not the thickness that you would want to be uh to scrummage as be- uh, the best of your ability um i think that would also help with everything else it's just a little bit more mass behind everything it's also obviously the more muscle you have the more potential you have for the um everything else the strength and, and the power um if you've already got good speed as long as you're maintaining that um i, I would just uh maybe put a tempo workout in tempo runs once or twice no once a week would be fine to maintain that or if if nothing else just do one or maybe two um low intensity conditioning sessions just actually yeah that would be fine and you would do that throughout so i'd focus you know, three months minimum here on gaining some size that's 12 weeks maybe you gain three to four kilograms which would be phenomenal and probably not all muscle let's be honest um, and then you would just try and use a few weeks to try and either lose whatever fat you've got there or it wouldn't matter because you, you are that light for a second row um, I would just then spend about <clears throat> four weeks following that working a bit more power a bit more athleticism um, just to realize that size and take advantage of all of that and, and get your speed back, potentially, depending on when the season is. And then I'll go back into mostly training for size. Um, you know, the more you do of the other stuff, so, you know, the high-intensity training, the other stuff, that just takes away from your recovery resources that you really need to um, dedicate to main, gaining size. Gaining size is the long-term process that is the goal here. Um, I could even use myself as a example of how this works because uh, if you look at myself this time last year, I was a good uh, 12-ish, maybe more, kilograms lighter. You know, um, and actually, yeah, no, 15 kilograms lighter right at the beginning of the year. Now, I'm not as lean as I was, um, but... The point being, I've gained a good deal of muscle. I spent the whole year mostly, like, just because I haven't done, just because I didn't have as much access to the jiu-jitsu training that I'd like to have had, um, the year was spent just gaining size more than anything else. And it was 
spent a little bit too much, if I'm honest, for my mentality wise, training like a bodybuilder. I, you know, there are points where I'm just like, I can't bother to do this. This is not, you know, I want to do strength work or I want to do, um, you know, power, power work. I want to try, you know, go back to doing my conditioning. But the reality is, I, what was, what would I be doing conditioning for that? I have no access to competitions. I have no access to like the higher level stuff where I need to be overly conditioned and overly prepared. I had no, uh, level to like some sort of training camp or anything. And so it didn't make sense to do the conditioning. It makes sense to just to keep progressing with my jujitsu the, the two or three times a week that I was at most with the technique and then to spend all of my actual recovery, you know, my tough physical recovery resources on gaining the size. And, um, it ended up with me training a little bit too much like a bodybuilder. And I had to had a, um, if you go back to the, um, the questionnaire that I, I put out on the Facebook group, the, the goal setting for the year, it's something that I actually had to sort of have a heart to heart with myself with and realize that I'm not, tr- I'm not trained to be a bodybuilder. I don't want to be a bodybuilder. I don't want to put a, a fucking pair of Y fronts on and stand on stage and, and pose. Like, that's not my deal. I do want to be big. Like my goal was to be a heavyweight jujitsu competitor, not a uh, bodybuilder that is as big as possible. So I've, I've, I've gone by the process of gaining the size and now I need to you know I'm excited now to actually sort of do a lot more athletic training at this size and maintain it as best I can I'll probably potentially lose a little bit of muscle and then go back into training for size a little bit and it will just be you know a balancing act between the two of those and that's what you've kind of got to do here Simon going forward is you know heavy emphasis on the gaining of the size and then sort of flirt between the two because that gaining size will be a essentially a never-ending process for someone that's six foot six and 96 kilograms uh, you know if you to put on uh five to ten kilograms of muscle that would take a while and it's whilst training for rugby as well and trying to keep that athleticism it's like a you know it's like a balancing act and it's like a, a back and a forth where you're gonna be spending and now during lockdown when you've got home gym access when you haven't got rugby now is the time to train for size because that's where you can put all of your recovery resources then when you go back to training for rugby, you have to sort of uh, go back and forth between putting them towards um, your uh, putting them towards your rugby, putting towards your athleticism, and putting them towards gaining your size. And you go back and forth and sort of flirt with that as best you can. Okay. Um, if you want to keep following up on that, Simon, as always, just ask in the group. Looks like we've got some people watching live. Please give it a thumbs up. It helps um, spread the spread the show into people's uh, news feeds and makes more people join on the live. And if we get questions asked live, then I get to them straight away. If you have any comments or questions, guys that are joining live, as always, ask those. But it looks like we don't right now, so we'll go back to the preloaded questions. Joe asks, any tips on uh, training tackling solo? Is it even possible? And he does the, the, the laughy emoji, the, the crying laughter emoji, which is hilarious. So um, that you know, is that is a funny question. What's funny to me is like most people don't train tackling. They're like, you know, they're like, how do I get a better? How do I train in the gym to become a better tackler? And then they don't do any tackling training at all. And it's a it's a bit of a something that I think we miss in rugby is that we 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 don't do too much technical tackling training, especially at a lower level. At a low level, we take it all for granted. And I think I said this last week on the podcast with regards to scrum halves and, and passing and, and, and um, you know what the professionals do versus what the amateurs do. The fact is, if you've got um, if you've got for your team, your team has ninety minutes or so a week to train to prepare yourself for the game that the next week. Most of that is going to be spent tactically, and most of it is going to be spent doing like just playing games. But really, like, you've got to understand, if you're not a good tackler, you need to spend time just developing your tackling. Um, I know that I'm going to get to the question, but it's so important that, you, you know, you spend time just breaking down the skill of tackling um, and how you would go about doing it. Um, and now even for this question, I think it does depend on who you are as a player and and what you need to work on, uh, you know, for to become a better tackler because it could be that you struggle to get low. It could be that you struggle to hold on to someone when you make that tackle or struggle to wrap or you struggle to explode into them with your lower body. Maybe you your lower body doesn't have a good enough footwork to 
block them off to find the right position. Maybe you're launching from like a meter away and you're you're never going to be able to make that tackle no matter how strong you are. It could be that um, you've, you know, you're good at tackling, but only when someone is really close to you and you just lack the speed to get to there. It could be that you don't read the game as well. It could be that you, you know, you don't move as, as perfectly as you can and you're a, bit, a little bit clumsy and heavy footed. So, that, those are all physical components, but then it could also be that you lack the technique. So that's the technique portion of it. Um, I would then, you know, create that needs analysis for where you need to improve as a tackler and then work on those things kind of individually. Okay. Um, that's how I would do it. Um, you know, and it could be that you just stand a, a pad up and you just hit the pad on your own and you, you know, I tell you what the most useless fucking drill is, is that if you just stand a pad up and you just line it up from 10 meters out, you just fucking sprint it and you just fucking deck it and stand up. But everyone always does it. It's so funny. Like no, no one is ever getting tackled like that. Um, you, what you got to do instead is like figure out where you like, you know, chop your feet, get into the right position, hit it. And, and it's difficult with those, those tackle bags because they're so weightless. So it's not like mimicking a tackle at all. Um, yeah, there are different movements that are quote-unquote functional that might help. Last week I spoke about the front squat. I do like anything that puts you in a front rack position because that really does work the core and explode in that way. But I think that, um, yeah, it's it's difficult to say really you know, without knowing specifically what you want to work on with tackling. And I think, I don't know what the rules are for um, lockdown wherever you are if you have to tackle, tackle solo but also just getting a buddy and working through technique like you wouldn't believe um like it's how much gains there are to be had there by just getting a little bit technically technically smooth you would work stuff you're like fuck i'm not seven years old why am i learning this stuff because no one learns this stuff no no rugby players learn the skill of tackling they just you're just told all right go tackle that guy what like that's it and then no one's ever no one ever breaks down that skill so that could be a really good um uh, idea to do and actually it's something that i want to introduce as part of team rugby muscle is we're going to be doing breakdown videos where you look at areas where you want to look at your game and see where you lack and then see how you can improve it so um tackling will be one of those areas so i'll, I'll be able to break down like why this player missed this tackle why this versus why this player missed this tackle um, so i'm looking forward to doing that but yeah look out for that team rugby muscle coming soon this question here says, what's your go-to pre-game ritual day before uh, and before the match? Good warm-up. Should I go jump in my freezing cold pool today and get a light swim? <laughs> Humble brag that you've got a freezing cold pool, I think is what's happening there. What's up, Corey? Um, so, yeah, um, you could do whatever makes you feel good, to be honest. It's like you need to reduce fatigue by reducing stress. So, um whether that is taking your mind, like I used to really like getting through a real solid day of work the day before a game when I was working part-time and I would just, uh, you know, t try and take on clients. I actually, sometimes when I worked at the gym at the rugby club that I played at, uh, I used to uh, have a, tr deliberately try and get in one session the day before a game. Oh, not the day before game. The day of a game, if if we were playing at home, just to take my mind off of it, because I think one of the biggest mistakes people do is they just think about the game and they think about the game and they think about the game and they fucking stress themselves out, and that in itself causes fatigue. You want to be chill, right? So whatever you got to do to feel chill and to feel relaxed. If jumping in the freezing cold pool is something that relaxes you, go ahead and do that. That's a that's not a bad idea at all. Um, I think on this group there is a game day guide. If not. There is one for the Team Rugby Muscle guys, so I'll, I'll send you that one over. Um, but essentially, uh, get in some carbohydrates. You don't have to overfeed. Um, you don't have to go nuts with it. Um, and then the day, and then before the match, I used to, uh, you know, again, a routine that would be specific to you really is the most important part of that. Um, I would also say, and this is something that's quite important, is. You know, this 2020 to 2021 season, uh, for all levels of rugby, I mean, you know, potentially even like as high a level as the Heineken Cup, I mean, and internationals to an extent, has been somewhat of a wash. And now that we're just getting back into rugby, it's like you should be using these games 
Like you, you have until like everyone that's watching this and listening to this needs to wait and or, or could could ha- find so much value out of just targeting the beginning of the 2021 season because nobody's you know I've got guys on my roster that I've spoken to about this quite uh, in depth that want to get signed to contracts and stuff. I said no one's picking people and, and getting contracts based off of a random game that was played during lockdown or, a, um, you know, no one's winning any leagues this year because most of amateur rugby has been cancelled. No one's picking up, um, you know, signing contracts or scouting players and or or pushing someone to a new squad or anything like that based off of the back of a couple friendlies that are happening the springtime this year if they do happen. You know, it's they're done to get people out of the fucking house and playing rugby because it's fun. Um, so you should do that. You should use these games right now. Almost, I wouldn't quite say use them as training sessions, but something close to that, right? You'd use them as a gay to be like, oh, okay, um, I'm definitely still unfit. Or maybe you go back and you're like, oh, I'm actually quite fit than everyone else. Like, cool. All I need to do now is maintain my fitness. And I, you know, if you're, if you're um, Simon from earlier – cool, all I need to do is maintain my fitness. I'm still fast enough. I'm faster than most of the other people. I'm second row. I can definitely double down and focus on just my um, uh, strength uh, strength training or my weight training to get bigger. Um, and so sort of that's how I would play it. Hopefully that makes sense. Yeah, that's that's essentially how I would do it. I wouldn't overthink it if it is kind of the point, right? And that's the rule in general for most games is like you're not going to look back and um, – like I look back on my career and I think I didn't enjoy it as much as I, I wish I had done. Like I really do, did enjoy it. Even at the time, I, I feel like I was enjoying it. But I look back and I think I could have enjoyed it even more. I put a lot, you know, put a lot of pressure on myself and really like you can be liberated by the fact that if you could, if you just remember that no one really cares, there's no pressure on you. The only pressure is the pressure that you're putting on yourself and you're not going to look back 20 years time and go, this was the game, you know, because I was so focused. You're just going to, Look back and remember the games because of the games because they're fun. Um, and people, will, all other people in life will do that as well. So just take the pressure off. Um, do whatever you can to relax. Um, enjoy the game and uh, get back to your training straight after, off the back of it. Shout out to everyone giving a thumbs up. Thank you so much. As always, do that on the YouTube channel. We've got some questions. We've got a question from the YouTube channel, which uh, I'll answer. Ah, oh, fuck it. I'll answer it now. Uh actually got two questions from the youtube channel so we'll go for the first one first not first one second that would be weird um mr johnson says currently following your advice and going big on the low intensity cardio good man and agree with you that it's very unnatural and it feels like i'm doing nothing especially since i've always tried to kill myself when i train do you think that including a full-blown killer anaerobic running workout once a week will supplement the aerobic work or actually take away from the benefits of the cardio due to increased stress i'm missing the feeling of blowing out my ass to be honest okay so uh, first and foremost i would say that if it feels really like you're doing nothing you can always progress it it should be between 120 to 140 of your heart rate you know six out of seven if you're that unsure that you're getting to you know if you don't have a heart rate and you're just gauging a six or seven out of ten and you're just thinking, yeah, it's probably about 120, 140-ish. Again, 140 is really the top end. Um, if you're thinking that you're not sure, you know, if you're thinking that it's too easy and you're using a, you're not using a heart rate monitor, I would invest and, and buy a Polar heart rate monitor. You can pick up one for like 20 bucks now. Or you can even use like one of the shitty fitty bitties, right? And that's and that that will cost you like 20 bucks. Uh, they're not expensive. And... That would give you a good gauge of where your heart rate is at and make sure that you're not like sort of kidding yourself and going too easy. Um, I definitely do think that sometimes it does feel like you're going too easy and, and then you sort of extend out that time. So, you know, 30 minutes of low intensity might be easy, but 45 minutes might be a little bit more difficult or 45 or 40 minutes or 35 minutes, a just a tiny bit extra intensity. You know, I'm talking like you put a 0.2 extra on the treadmill if that's what you're doing, or you go just that little bit faster, and then you go for 40 minutes non-stop, that makes it a lot more difficult. Um, I'd look at doing that. I definitely think that that could be the answer because, it, yes, it should be easy. Uh, and maybe it is too easy if you're always um, used to really pushing yourself to the point where you feel like you're dying. Um, 
But the fact is, if you've always pushed yourself to the point where you feel like you're dying and you haven't got as fit as you thought you were going to get on the pitch, that that's, should tell you something. And it should tell you that that's not because you're not trying hard enough. It's because you haven't developed yourself in the right uh, conditioning way to become a better rugby player. And that's what the low intensity stuff is there to do. So, um, you know, yes, I, I, I don't think there is any benefit to doing the anaerobic once a week. I do think that I agree with your second part where it definitely does take away from the benefits of the aerobic. Not that it takes away, but it just gets in the way. You know, it's like um, uh, it, a perfect example is, you know, what you're doing when you're trying to do the anaerobic stuff and you're trying to go as hard as you can to push yourself, you're doing that more to test yourself. You're doing that more as like a test. And it'll be similar to like, what you're doing when you're doing the low intensity stuff is you're you're working on yourself. You're you're under the engine of the race car and you're working on the. the uh, do you work underneath or do you pop the hood? I don't know how cars fucking work, man. Um, whatever you're doing, you're working on the in you know the inner workings of that of that race car and you're making it go every, everything go a little bit smoother. You're, you're cleaning the pipes. You're um, I don't know. You're cleaning the engine. I don't know what people do with engines that you're working on the engine and slowly but surely you're getting all this work done, right? Every time you take that car out of the garage and test it, yes, you're able to get a gauge and, and push it hard and get an idea of how hard that car can go now and, and the new speed and um, it feels more like an event, right? Because it feels more like the race. But then you have to wait for the car to cool. You can't just then, you know, first off, you lose that time where that car is being tested around that track, right? You lose that time where you cannot be working. You can't be doing that low intensity work. So you've lost that session. You then go back into the garage. You can't just work straight back onto that engine straight away. You've got to let everything cool down. You've got to clean clean it a little bit, or you've got to do whatever. And then only after you've waited a, a good deal of time for that fatigue to drop, can you then get a good effective session after that. And the more you can work on the car with the engine just being nice and cool and with everything being in order, the better. It does take a little bit of faith. So that's why I do encourage getting a heart rate monitor and making sure that you are working that 120 to 140. Um, then if you really want to make sure that you're pushing yourself and you, you, you know, feeling tired isn't the, the goal, but if you really want to make sure that you're pushing yourself hard, I would look at doing the high, high intensity stuff. So, you know, the, the really high end, um, a lactic work. So, uh, I'm talking six to 10 seconds at most sprints or any really high intensity, powerful activity, then rest that you then rest for a minute or so. And then you go again, you go again, you try and match that. You, you, you don't try to match that intensity. You must match that intensity. The second that intensity drops off, stop the session. Or you go for that time period and you work capacity. So you take shorter, smaller intervals, but you just keep going. Um, and you go for two to three minutes at most. Um, you go to five to six intervals and you could do that a few times. Um, that's a one that the guys on Team Rubber Muscle really did enjoy and they found difficult. But it's it's tough, but it's not something that it really is working your um lactic system or it's it's kind of anaerobic but it's not um not lactic in the way that you would think uh and that's that's how you get a tough workout from that hi guys i just wanted to jump in here to tell you that if you're enjoying this podcast and you want to become a better athlete then you can go ahead and visit rugby-muscle.com and pick up any of our free goodies that is uh, the 50 free rugby conditioning sessions the physique nutrition crash course video series the supplement guide and newly added is a macro calculator yes that's right a macro calculator where you will be able to work out your protein, carbs, fat, and calories that you should be eating on a daily basis to give you a guide as to where to start your diet from. This will help in conjunction with your 50 free conditioning sessions to build you out a decent little plan that will enable you to take control of your training and use effective training and nutrition to become a better athlete. All that stuff and more can be found at rugby-muscle.com or rugby-muscle.com forward slash macros for the macro breakdown. Next question. Again, um, if, if that makes sense, tell me what you're going to do with that, Mr. Johnson. Let me know. I'm keen, keen to hear. All right, Hamilton says, here's one for you. I've noticed on some of the upper body days, even after a good warm-up, that all the blood in my arms kind of gets stuck, if you will. 
It's happened twice now recently. My arm kind of gets stuck. If you the blood in my okay, uh, it's like they're inflated. Yes, but I need them to deflate a little so I can continue. Hope that makes sense, dude. That's the pump. Um, that's definitely the pump. Let me let me see if I can do this. This I know I can do this on this software. So this is what you're talking about here, Hamilton. This is going to be worth it, people. Well, to me, it's already worth it. So I nailed it. Yeah. Is that what you, is that what you're talking about? <laughs> This is legendary. If you haven't watched um, Pumping Iron, you have to watch it. Okay, so maybe it doesn't sound like, Hamilton, you're, you, you, you're happy about this, that you feel like you're coming. Uh, but it feels like your muscles is about to explode, huh? Uh, yeah, it's just all that is is um, essentially, especially when you're doing higher rep stuff, which you are doing because that's the phase that we're in with Team Rugby Muscle, um, like you're going to get a good metabolite um, accumulation, which is the blood grouping into the muscle. It's a good thing, um, particularly when you're not using overly heavy weights, because it means that you're, you're, you're supplying those muscles or you're, you're able to supply those muscles with a lot of nutrients, with a lot of growth. Um, that's going to help them essentially grow in size, get somewhat stronger, um, you know, because the size will eventually help the strength. Uh, it also does help the oxidative properties of the muscle, meaning that you are like, it's a good way to be able to flush out or to, to train the body to flush blood through so that when you're working high intensity stuff in a game, that it flushes out fatigue muscle faster. The better, the, the more that you can, um, like the, the better you can teach a muscle to work off of, oxidated or gain get in oxidated oxidated oxygenated uh blood and then pump it out it's going to be better for you so it's 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 really good um and again if you for most people do it on team rubbing muscle we are you know we're not having too much access to weights and i like to keep people somewhat organized so we are doing higher rep stuff and that is a good way to make sure that you're at least um well growing um growing the muscle and you know, working on the condition at the same time. Now, in terms of what you can do to stop it, I mean, just number one, staying hydrated is actually something that you can do to promote it. But it's also something that you can do to stop it being debilitating and something that you can do to help flush it out quite quick. Um, otherwise, like, yeah, just keep getting used to it and, and make sure that you're, uh, you just get back to going again and, and realize that, yes, it's going to affect you, but it's just, it's a pump feeling. It's not a debilitating feeling where you have to, all the time stop your session okay got another question in the live is what is the best rugby cardio for those trying to get fit ah uh, where do i start with this question uh aerobic stuff any aerobic work is where most people will lack I've, I, this is the this is usually my biggest tip that i give to people who are who tell who come to me and they they want to get fitter for rugby it's you don't understand that rugby most people don't understand that rugby is an aerobic sport they they prefer to just do their weights and then do you know 30 minutes of cardio extra as high not even 30 minutes you know they'll do 10 minutes of a finisher or 20 minutes of a finisher or high intensity cardio and then they wonder why they can't perform for 80 minutes well rugby is an eight, a game that's played for 80 minutes so you should train not necessarily 80 minutes but you should train that lower intensity that you can maintain that intensity going forward um you're spending 95 plus percent of your game jogging, running slowly, walking, standing still. You want to be able to train your oxygen, ox, your aerobic system to uh, allow you to perform as best you can in the high intensity zones when you need to, not to constantly stay at a 70% zone or to stay at an 80 percent zone or a 90 percent zone or, or flirt between 90 to 70 to 90 to 70. No, it's, it's literally. 90 back down to zero or 10 and recover and and, and it's in those recover the better you get at those recovery phases is something that happens due to you being more aerobically fit so work on your aerobic fitness then look at like where else do you suffer do you suffer from your movement do you suffer from not being big enough like the um second row that I asked earlier like you know if you took andy good right into your into your team and pick on Andy Goo because he's, he's quite a ledge. But like, if you took if you took a a fatter, older, unconditioned player who 
played at the highest level, he's not going to be really unfit and really struggle to play because he, he'll be playing at that much of a lower comfort comfortable level that he'll be able to do whatever he needs to do right so it's not that he it's not a case of him being unfit it's him being so good at the sport so really focus on where you need to improve at the sport like do you need to be bigger do you need to be stronger um and then that in itself makes you fitter there's no quote-unquote like rugby cardio that that is um yeah there's none the fucking and if you if you come at me with the um bronco i will fucking shoot you because that is not a good way to get rugby fit come at me haters all right jeremiah says i'm a rugby player in oh maybe it's rugby player in france i'm looking to get into the first division next year i've been trying different workout splits but i'm still asking myself what is the best best workout split for a rugby player? Should I work out four times a week or three workouts are enough? Um, right. So to uh, he 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 then goes into the different splits, which I'll get into after. But I'll, I'll, I'll nail this first. Whatever you can be consistently um, uh, week in week out training is the split that you need to train. If you cannot make four times a week, you know, four times out of five or th- you know maybe three times out of four just do the three three work just do the three uh split and then if you have extra time do that extra light aerobic work um you know so maybe you do you know maybe two weeks out of uh every th- three or four weeks you're able to get in four times well that extra session just use as fluff work you know you, you like conditioning stuff do that 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 would be then give you massive benefit but it's not interfering with trying to reorganize your three strength sessions that you're doing a week. Um, and that way, you know, you're able to stay consistent. The biggest barrier to most people progressing their training is the consistency that allows them to make sure that they are progressing their training. Most people, you know, they'll do a bench press for two weeks and then they'll fuck it off and they'll do an overhead press or they'll do a dumbbell press because they want to change it up or or they'll change to a machine or whatever and now you don't know if you're getting stronger now you're leaving it to subjective feelings which with strength it's just it's not not a good way to do it you want to be really specific and you want to make sure that you're introducing just a little bit more stress each week and each week like a little bit more weight or or a couple more reps whatever but you need to be introducing a little bit more stress however which way you want to introduce it systematically week on week so if you're flirting by doing four weeks and then four days a week and then sometimes you've got to drop out on three so where do you add in that extra work it gets all confusing stick to the three okay but if you could consistently stay for four do four because four sessions is gonna be better than three like i, I hope people don't get me wrong when they hear me say you know whatever it is that you can say because if you can do four it's probably going to be more beneficial than three if you can do five probably going to be more beneficial than six i mean probably going to be more beneficial than four i'm not sure six is definitely more beneficial than five because there is a point where probably having two days of full recovery is a good idea um but with that being said it depends how you organize it right because you don't necessarily and so this leads me to the second part of the question where he says i'm currently working out three times a week Monday strength, Wednesday hypertrophy, Thursday power, each workout's full body. But I'm thinking about changing it to upper strength, lower strength, uh, Wednesday, upper, Thursday, lower. What do you think? Should I stick to the first option? Second option is is not good just because you're doing Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and then you're taking Friday, Saturday, Sunday off. So like you're you 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 over fatigue with the first few sessions and and then and then you almost over you know you give yourself too much time off that you that you don't necessarily become detrained in three days but there's a lot of scope there to make some further improvement so i try and spread it over the week if you can now the fact that you've done the monday and wednesday thursday thing suggests to me that this is talking about in season probably and you're playing on Saturday, so therefore it becomes a little bit more awkward. I would still, if you're trying to do a power day, I would try and do it the day before a game. If you're doing a hypertrophy day, I would try, depending on your position. It does greatly differ depending on how you play and where you play and whatnot. 
But there, I do like to try and get some people to put their hypertrophy days the day after a game, like a real light day. Not You're not doing fucking sets of 15 on the squats the day after a game. But you could be doing a few sets of shoulder extensions or lateral raises or, you know, guns or, you know, light bar, uh, dumbbell bench presses. Things like that can be definitely done the day after a game. And therefore, you, you're then able to do that uh, hypertrophy stimulus six days before the next game and give yourself five days of other training to do. Um, it could also help with recovery. And I know and have known a lot of players that have played at a real high level and, and that's how they've done it. And sometimes they've even said that they get their best sessions in on the Sunday because they, they're already pretty sore. But once they get the blood flow, they feel good. And they know that they're able to put a little bit more in because they've got so much time for recovery. Um, you, the, the other thing that stood out to me there is that you're doing a strength day, a hypertrophy day, a power day on the first split, and then the second split you're doing two strength days, two hypertrophy days. I think here it's, again, one of those things where, yes, you can probably do strength and hypertrophy at the same time, or you could probably do power and strength at the same time. You could probably even do power and hypertrophy at the same time, but I wouldn't do all three, and I would, you know, I wouldn't, and I wouldn't do strength, strength, hypertrophy, hypertrophy, like in consecutive, four consecutive days. That's quite a lot of stress and it's quite difficult to recover from that. Um, yeah, I, I, I would really like hone in on what you want to improve. Is it, is it, do you need the strength or do you need the hypertrophy? Either way, if you're going to do the three sessions, you could do it where you could do, you know, um, you could do, uh, two strength sessions and one hypertrophy session or two power sessions and one hypertrophy session or two, uh, however you want to split it up. But I'd really focus in on what you actually need to improve. It's a really difficult question to answer because I don't know any more, I don't have any more context on it. And um, so Jeremiah, feel free to sort of get more specific. I know you're in the Facebook group now, so uh, come back again and be a little bit more specific with what you're trying to improve and what you're trying to do to improve these things and why yeah, I'm assuming you're in season, but I don't even know that. So yeah, get back, get back to me, and we'll we'll answer that again. Hope we're all doing good out there. By the way, um, I know it feels like I think I already gave some advice on COVID, but I do think that you know we are like there is a light at the end of the tunnel, and it, there is more than likely going to be a 2021 season. 20, 2021 is in the year twenty one. That's very poorly. Uh, uh, spoken by me just say 21 to 22 okay there is a 21 to 22 season that is going to happen more than likely and so i think with whatever rugby that there is to be had this year you know take it like i said to the the advice i already, already gave there earlier like you know take it and enjoy it but really your goal for your training gives you again it gives you a chance to really step back and say right where do I want to be by September 2021? You know, and what do I need to improve on? And then you've got like now you've got eight months to to go about doing that. Like you could do, you could really spend three months in two different areas and two months in one other area. Or you know, you, that's so much fucking time. Um, don't don't rush this process. That's that would be the biggest advice I'd give. So many people were going to try and. You know, like that perfect example was some of these questions I'm getting. You know, how do I improve all these things, or how do I know? You know, you've got time, and the body adapts really slowly. Like I said, my um, strength training, or my sorry, strength training, my 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 training to gain size has lasted me a full year to actually have actualized the size that I'm happy to be sat at now. It takes a long time. So don't be, you know, at any point, if I had have gone in and normally, like, I'm sort of lucky that the condition, the uh, uh, jujitsu season was sort of cancelled because if if it came up that I could have done competitions in, you know, the next eight weeks or whatever, I'd have aborted trying to gain size and I would have just, so I probably would have even tempted to cut down to a lower weight class or do something, you know, completely against the goal that I was going for. Um, and then I'd be sat here, you know, nowhere near as big <laughs> and still having to worry about that, getting that monkey off the back of my back of getting that size back and doing all that. Whereas I've, I've really fully bought into the goal of getting bigger and that allowed me to get bigger so much so that it almost took away and I almost ended up 
think I was a bodybuilder for a sec there. I'm not. But it's that long-term mindset. It's really, really important. That you, you, know, you really hone in on the goals that you want to improve on. Okay. Mr. Johnston, again, on the YouTubes, we have time to answer his last question before we leave for today. He says, you mentioned glaring weaknesses, but I think the issue with a lot of players, including myself, is I don't actually know what my weakness is. Pretty well-rounded for my level of rugby and have a few areas where I suspect I could be weak, but I don't know for sure. I know what you say, you will say it depends, but a discussion about some simple performance parameters might be useful. For example, I can back squat... Uh, let me hold on. Let me just read the rest of this. Back squat, uh, one parallel to one seventy. My max deadlift is only one forty. Seems poor to me, but I'm not sure if it is. Whether balancing out this would be much of a benefit given the time and energy it would take. Correct it. In terms of fitness, I can run. If I can run four hundred meters in fifty seconds, but it takes an hour to run a ten k. Does this need to be balanced out? An idea for a video, perhaps. Okay. Well, yeah. I mean, it is an idea for a video. I think. Um, so when I say a glaring weakness, you're, you, what you've done there is you've given yourself fitness tests that, like, I don't know, I don't know their relevance to rugby. They're not going to be great. So, like for example, the back squat. You know, I know world class backs or world class forwards that don't have a one seventy kilogram back squat. Um, so. Does that mean that you, you're on their level? No. Like strength is one thing, you know, and then we're looking at strength and specific lifts. That's another thing. Like they're, you know, 140 kilo deadlift. Yeah, that's weaker than what you'd expect for someone that can parallel squat 170. But maybe you're not squatting it. You know, maybe you're not quite parallel or maybe you're really good at squatting, but you're not quite good at deadlifting. Um, and and I, I'm sorry for saying, you know, it's gonna, I was going to say it depends. But it does depend because you know there are people that just don't have the mechanics to deadlift at all. Maybe that's you. Maybe that you're more efficient at squatting. Maybe you know um, none of these lifts even matter because it, what you're looking at here is you're looking for a glaring weakness in your lifts. You need to be looking at or other fitness tests where like 400 meters in 50 seconds. Like who runs 400 meters in a game? Nobody. Um, but it takes an hour or so to run 10k. People might run 10k in a game, but not you know, and that's a a 10k would be more of a better balance to um, figure out your aerobic system. But I'd say 5k is enough. Um, but what you're doing here is just testing, and you're testing from you know physical tests that you have available to you, which is okay. But the real test you need and what you want to improve upon is. How well do you play rugby? And where do you where do you know or where do you feel like you need to improve upon? And that's kind of the weakness I'm sort of trying to get at. You know, if for example, like we can go back to the first question with Simon, who knows that his weakness is scrummaging or yeah, you know, yeah, scrummaging in, in the game. Now, does that mean he needs to work on just scrummaging all the time? Well, no, because then we look at the fact that he's 96 kilograms and we're like, well, that's quite light. So there's your weakness. Put on some size, um, you know, and and everyone does have a should have some sort of area like that. And if you feel like you're quite well balanced overall, then pick somewhere that you don't have as a weakness, but you want to be a strength. For example, if you're you know quite well rounded as a a number eight, for example, right, and you you know, you're you're pretty fit, you carry well, you you're strong in the rock, you're doing everything, you you're big enough, you you're strong enough. Everything you do, everything really well. Maybe you want to work on becoming really fucking fast, like you exploding out the back of a, of a of a scrum is somewhere you want to improve upon. Or you know, when you get the ball in some wide play, you want to work on your just your feet and your speed. You spend three months just working speed, acceleration, footwork. Like that's going to have massive dividends in your game. You know, and as long as you maintain the other areas, or you don't degrade any other areas, and it's really simple. Then you be able. Then you're able to um, become a better player, and that's that's where I'd look at. And and it definitely is a good idea for. Um, uh, definitely is a good idea to answer. Oh, I missed that question. That, that's what's distracting me. Um, definitely is a something that I can develop on in another video. But overall, and I think yeah, we can develop some tests for this 
rugby physical preparation pyramid or, or just the ways that you could tell. But overall, it's like rugby isn't a game that's solved by just crunching the numbers. It's a game that's solved on the pitch, however which way you want to you want to solve it yourself. You know, look at the different uh, players in the same positions. There are so many. There are complete different athletes. Or they play the game completely differently. Uh, all people that are, you know, the same player that have evolved their game over the years. There's so many different ways that you can accomplish it. And just to rely on, like, treating yourself like you are a a a chess piece, you know, you're not. You're the chess player. So play the game however you want to play about it and then work on how you can play that game best you can. All right. Um, I missed one question, so... Uh, but I haven't copied the name of the guy that asked it. So we'll wait when we will answer that question next week. Thank you guys so much for joining. As always, if you made it always to the, all the way to the end, thumbs up, man, especially on the YouTube thumbs up and cast questions on there. Uh, been really enjoying these already this year. They've been good questions. Um, you know, well thought out and they allow me to sort of really lay out the land for you and really feel like I'm, I'm helping you out of your training. So thank you guys for that. Um, thank you guys so much for supporting the channel, supporting the Fate Rugby Muscle Athletes Facebook group. And with that, I'll see you in the next one. All right. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed that episode of the Rugby Muscle Podcast, then I've got a quick little request and a potential prize giveaway for you if you do said request. All I want you to do is go to Apple Podcasts and type up a five-star review. Just your general opinions of the podcast would be great feedback, but also helps us reach higher rankings, get more exposure, allow me to attract more guests and devote more time to developing a better all-around podcast experience for you. All you have to do once again is go and give us a five-star review on whatever podcast service you use. Let me know that you've got it. And then every single week, I'll be selecting one review to give away a free prize. That free prize will be either one free month of Team Rugby Muscle. That's our world-class strength condition program app delivered directly to your phone. Or if that doesn't interest you, then we've got one free consultation where I'll, I'll go over your training program, your nutrition, and advise you how to best plan for your goals. Even if none of those things interest you, it's still doing me a solid and helping the podcast grow by going and giving us a five-star review. There's no real excuse. It takes like one minute and that helps the show exponentially. So I'd really appreciate if you could do that. Thank you guys so much for listening. I'll see you in the next one.